I start out with a verse, Psalms 13, 5, but I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. And so if he's been good to me, I know he's been good to you. So let's worship the one who deserves all of our praise. Amen.
praise you this morning because you are worthy of our worship, God. You are worthy of our attention. We just focus our eyes on you. We leave our morning at the door, God, and we just say yes to you. We say, come and take our focus, God. Take your refining fire, Lord, and change us from the inside out this morning because you are great and greatly to be
your life, raise your hand. If he's ever done something in your life, raise your hand. Now look around because he's not a respecter of persons. And so if your life hasn't been changed yet, it's today. Let today be that day. He will do the same for you that he has done for all of us. He loves you. He sent his son and he would have done it just for you. Amen. Amen. Well, go around and greet some of your family of faith this morning. We're excited to have you here with us. All right, we'll go ahead and get ready for offering. All right, all right, everyone find your seats, and we'll go ahead and prepare offering. <laughs> all right, I'll go ahead and uh, pray over offering if you guys want to prepare that to bring it up. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we come here today so thankful, so thankful for your love, Lord, and we know that we are the light in this dark world, and we, we ask for your blessings each and every day and as you give those to us, Lord. We ask that, you know, we, or we know that every perfect gift comes from you, Lord, and we know that, you know, we, you take this offering today, Lord, and you use it to bless and strengthen your kingdom, Lord. Be with us all today and help us see your heart in every single thing you do for us, Lord. And we ask you to bless this message today and this offering. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, amen. I'm going to go ahead and do the announcements. You can continue just to bring your offering if you have anything. 
Um, we're going to do something new where we start telling the parents what we're talking about in Kids Church because we think it might open up some conversations, and it's just kind of nice to know. So Kids Church this month, are gonna be, they're going to be talking about Jesus is near. So whether you're lonely, scared, hopeless, or sad, he's always right there with you. I think that's a great message for our kids to carry forth, especially as they go through these eight, uh, the years of growing up. And um, I'm excited to have some conversations with my kids, kiddos about that. And then we're going to do the same for youth, too. Youth this month is focusing on created by God, our identity in him. And I'm excited about that because a daughter or son of a king is going to walk with a little more authority than a daughter or son of a pop correct? Amen. And I want my kids to know how to walk into the authority that God has given them as calling him by them. So I'm super excited about that. And speaking about youth, the youth hangout of the month, we're going to be doing this once a month. Um, and it is tonight from six to seven thirty. So bring your kiddos grades five through 12 dinner is provided. Um, and then Wednesday, we're almost done. Wednesday is next step. So if you are have been coming here for a while and this is your home church, but you haven't gone through next steps, we encourage you to sign up. There's a sign up in the back there. Um, and it just, all we're going to do is just talk, talk to you about where our church came from, our principles, and then try to get you plugged in. And so if you want to start serving, this is a great avenue to do that. We want you on our teams. We have room for you. There is a dream team for you. You have a place here, okay? So if you haven't been through it already, I really encourage you to sign up, and it will be just during church. So you don't have to come early. You don't have to stay late. We're going to get through it while Pastor Kylan's up here preaching. So without any further ado, if you would, all just give me a hand as we excitedly get to hear Rick Burke preach. He's been traveling the world, and now he's here with us, so we're super excited. Man. <laughs> amen, amen. Uh, I, I, I very much enjoy being here. Um, uh, I thank God for the opportunity. I was in um, church in Cloverdale, and I said, man, there's, there's a couple churches that really just stand out to me. And um, uh, I said, you know, where I was at in Cloverdale, Indiana, uh, Soul Harvest, and I said, and only believe Urbana, man. I said, I just, I just, I, I said, I don't know. I mean, I, it just feels um, good. Uh, it's, it's, it's very warm. It's very inviting. Um, so I, I just love being here. Amen. Um, Everybody say hello to the most beautiful woman in the world. She's watching uh, live stream. <laughs> so she uh, was a little under the weather. Uh, uh, we were we were out of town and we went to get a. I went to get her a, a spa treatment, but we were in a really affluent area. And I'm used to like a massage, you know, for like a hundred bucks, 150 bucks. I think their cheapest one started at almost 300. So I was like, uh, what else do you have? <laughs> so uh, she ended up getting a, a pedicure and a manicure and a, and a little massage. And then they talked me into it, you know. I mean, that was real uncomfortable, man, you know taking my shoes and socks off and rolling my pants leg up. And I'm like, lady, I got man feet. You know what I mean? You know, she's like, that's okay. She said, by the time I'm done, you won't have man feet anymore. <laughs> and, and I touched my feet. I said, man, I, 
but almost as smooth as a marble floor, you know? I'm like, you know? So I think uh, it was raining, and she had those flip-flop things that they put on, because I guess they can't put their shoes and socks back on, because the, you know? And so I think she caught a little, you know, little flu or something like that, you know? But she's watching, and we just thank God for her. Um, um, where's your wife? Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, I, 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 I really saw something when you guys were uh, doing praise and worship, and I'm telling you that God is, God is faithful, and, and I have a word. I have a word. So as soon as she comes in here, because uh, I'm going to give it to you guys together. Uh, let's do this. So it's going to be weird. I'm going to actually start preaching, and I'm going to stop and, and give that word. I, I, I really want her to. Uh, to be in here. So um, I want to talk to you today. I want to come out of the book of Daniel, um, Daniel chapter 6. Hallelujah. And um, this is going to bless you. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, let me just speak blessing over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for this congregation. I thank you for these people, Father. And I just speak hope, blessing, and encouragement into all the families that are represented here, God. I decree and declare that there's a change coming, that there's a shift coming. I thank you, Father, for those that have been desiring more of you, desiring better things. And I speak it in the name of Jesus, God, that better days are ahead. I thank you that hard places have been made easy. I thank you that sickness is removed right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that discouragement is now removed. I curse that and I speak hope. I thank you that hope is being stirred up in, in the congregation. I thank you, Father, to the point where it's going to change the words that come out of our mouth. No matter what it looks like, we're going to speak faith. It doesn't matter how disappointing it may seem to be or may look to be, because we don't go by what we see. We go by faith. So I thank you, Father, that we will speak faith in the most darkest of situations. We'll speak faith because darkness can't comprehend light. So I thank you, Father, that, that these people are representatives of, of you. They are the light. Your light is in them. And they will shine in the darkest of situations. They will speak faith when other people wouldn't. They will believe the best when other people find it difficult, Father. These are the people that you've chosen to be in this area, this community, to be your light. And I thank you, Father, that they are walking in it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise. Hallelujah. Hey, Samara, uh, you and your husband, just come up here real quick, real quick, real quick. Uh, now, the Lord, the Lord, just face me, yeah. The Lord, uh, he's so used to being behind you, you know, <laughs> you know. So, the Lord sees the faithfulness, okay, and he sees that the love of God that you really have on the inside. Now, I want you to know something. When you're up here... You, you, you are a conduit between God and man and man and God, okay? So he uses you. So that love, that excitement, 
it, it, it comes out, okay? It comes out. So know this, you are being used by God. You're not just filling a position, you know. You're actually being used by him, okay? And I'm telling you, he sees the faithfulness. He sees the, the pushing through. And I'm telling you, more is coming. More is coming. Now, I don't know what that means for you guys, and I don't necessarily need to know, but I'm telling you, more is coming. So he's going to move. So you expect in the, next, in the coming months for more to come. All right? Stretch your hands toward them. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just release blessing over them right now. In the name of Jesus, God, I just speak a, a fire, a fire right now, a refreshing fire over them right now in the name of Jesus, God. I speak it on them both right now in Jesus' name, God. And I thank you for the doors, the windows of heaven being opened over their lives and their family lives, pouring out more than they can contain. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <clears throat> All right, Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. Oh, I love this. Daniel chapter 6. I'm going to start at verse 1. I have the King James Version uh, uh, of this, so it may read a little different if you have a different version. Uh, but Daniel chapter 6, verse 1, it says, And it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first, somebody say he was first. first, that the princes might give an account unto them and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred, somebody say preferred, preferred. above the presidents, and the, the presidents and the princes because an excellent spirit was in him. You got to get this, okay? <clears throat> An excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Now, I want you to understand something. Daniel was a man of God. We all agree with that, amen? God's not a respecter of persons, correct? So if God is not a respecter of persons and Daniel was a man of God and he had an excellent spirit in him, what do you think lies on the inside of you? You got to get this, man. Listen, you got to get excited about this. Because, see, the Bible says that he was preferred, that he stood out. So here's a king who is not necessarily a, a, a god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob fearing king. But he saw something in a man or a woman. But he, in this story, he saw something in a man, and it stood out. I want you to know something, that that excellent spirit that's on the inside of you that you get from being born again, oh, it will cause you to stand out. Can we say amen to that? I'm telling you, you may not, you, you may be the one that you may feel, you know, I'm really not qualified or I'm overlooked or, you know, I'm just not. Listen, you need to stop talking like that right now in the name of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, don't you talk like that. Yeah, yeah. Do how my mama used to do. Wave that finger, you know. <laughs> you know, you don't talk like that, you know. See, the flesh will do that because the flesh does not understand the things of the spirit. So the flesh will discount the spirit on any given day. But see, you've been born again. Anybody born again in here? Okay, you've been born again. So guess what? You are not who you used to be. I hear people say this all the time. Well, you know, I'm only human. The devil is a liar, you know. 
Boy, I'm, I'm, I got spirit in me. And, and, and really, that's mostly who I am. I still have this flesh, you know what I mean? But, and I still have a, but my spirit, see, when I got born again, my spirit was renewed. And it was renewed by Christ. So guess what? That's in the lead now. So I don't say, well, I'm just human. Because to say, well, I'm only human, that introduces, you know, mistakes, failures, you know, an expectation to fail. Well, I'm only human. I can only do so much. I'm limited. But see, in the spirit, that is not who I am. See, I got the spirit of Christ on the inside of me. Can we say amen to that? So you know what? You're not limited. You know, you listen, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm going to speak encouragement to you because, see, as a born-again believer, you got something on the inside of you that the devil just can't handle. I, I want you to know that there is a spirit, a life-giving spirit on the inside of you that is more than what the devil can handle. And I will tell you this. You're what the world needs. You need to understand that about you. You are, listen, you have what the world wants. You have what the world needs because you have Jesus on the inside of you. Can we say amen to that? See, I'm crazy enough to say certain things. I walk around saying stuff like, "Uh, I'm God's best. And people look and go, what do you mean you're God's best? Are you saying that you're better than me? Absolutely not. If you get a revelation of what I'm saying, you'll start saying the same thing. I'm God's best. See, I can say that not because of me, but because of who's on the inside of me. See, see, how can his spirit be in me and I not be his best? You got to get this, man. I, I, I'm just telling you. So, so here's this Daniel that has an excellent spirit. Somebody say excellent spirit. spirit. See, this spirit was on the inside of him because he had a relationship with God. And I got to studying and I said, well, well, how do we know? I mean, like, is there any other thing in here that would show me that he had an excellent spirit? And I went to Daniel chapter one, chapter one, and I went to verse eight. Okay. So in Daniel one, eight, It says, but Daniel purposed in his heart Mm. that he would not defile himself. You got to understand something about Daniel. He made up in his mind, I am not going to go against God. I'm going to live for God. If I make mistakes, I'm going to ask for forgiveness. I'm going to get back at it, but I'm not going to break my commitment, my relationship with God. I want to help you with something. Just because you fall short, it doesn't mean you throw in the towel. It doesn't mean that the race is over. It doesn't mean that you quit. Oh, I can't be used by God now. I just messed up. Are you kidding me? The Bible is full of people that messed up, you know, and they messed up more than once. I mean, my goodness, David, the Bible said he's a man after God's own heart. That man slept with another man's wife, you know, and then tried to make him think that, that, or tried to get him drunk. So then he would go sleep with the wife and think, I got her pregnant. You know what I'm saying? And when that didn't work, David put him on the front of the battle line and told the troops, draw back and leave him in the front. Man, that's kind of dirty. I mean, you know, I'm sure we all are guilty of some things, but I don't think anybody in here has slept with somebody's wife, then got the husband drunk and then tried to make him think that he slept with her. And then when that didn't work, you put him out on the battlefield and then drew the troops back so he would die. 
I don't think anybody's done that, right? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, so, so there's hope for me, you know. <laughs> Somebody say there's hope for me, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know. So here's this Daniel in Daniel 1.8. It says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank, therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, what happened here? Okay, so here's a king. He comes in and he conquers the land. And then here's what he says, and you can read this in Daniel 1. He says, okay, what I want is the best of the people. And what I want to do is take them and teach them our ways. Don't you know the devil wants the best? He wants God's best, and he wants to try to get you to live like him. He wants you to, get, he wants you to be a liar, a fornicator, a thief, uh, jealous, insecure, prideful. He wants you to try to be like him. But here's what Daniel said. The Bible says he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Now, what does that mean? What the king would do, the king would take this, this, this meal and he would, he would offer uh, uh, it first to these idol gods. He would sacrifice it to these idol gods, these false gods. And then he would serve the meal to the rest of the people. So Daniel said, well, I can't take that food. That food has been sacrificed to false gods. But this was the king's way. And so here's what everybody else, I want you to get this, here's what everybody else was doing. But Daniel had to purpose in his heart, I'm not going to live that way. I'm not going to do that. I want you to know right now that you may be facing situations where everybody else is talking like this, doing this, treating people a certain way, and you're going to have to be the one. Somebody say, I'm the one. Yeah, you're going to have to be the one that says, you know what? I'm going to purpose in my heart not to defile myself. I'm going to be the one that even though we got this rebellious side of the family, they live like sinners and, you know, they're not making it to heaven the way they're living. You know what? But I'm going to be the one to love them. I'm going to be the one to pray for them. I'm going to be the one to accept them for who they are, who they are, but always believing. You know what? They're going to get saved. I'm just going to believe that they're going to get saved. I'm going to show them the love of God, even when other people shun them. And all, all they do is drink and curse. And Okay, yeah, but, you know, once upon a time, I did some stuff, too. Once upon a time, you did some stuff, too. But today, I'm going to purpose in my heart to not be like everybody else. And I'm going to tell you something. That's what gave Daniel this excellent spirit. Somebody say excellent spirit. Okay, now let's go back to Daniel chapter 6. Oh, this is a great story. So in Daniel chapter 6, so he stands out, okay? And, and, and not that he's even trying to. It's because the spirit of God is in him, and he's just obeying God. And I'm telling you, when you do that, it will cause you to stand out. And it will cause you to stand out so much that the devil will notice you too, you know. 
who do they think they are? They, you, oh, you think uh, you, you could just, just follow God and, and, and do what you want to do? Well, the devil goes, I got something to say about that. So here's what's interesting. The very thing that God gives us, this excellent spirit, it gets the devil's attention, but I don't have to worry about that. Somebody say, I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to show it to you in the Bible, too, so you don't think I'm just talking. I'm just saying stuff. But here's what happens. <clears throat> Let's see. We're in Urbana. Um, do you guys have haters? You know what haters are? Anybody know what haters are? You know, people that just don't like you, people that mistreat you. You haven't even done anything to them. They're just jealous of the God that's in you. You know what I'm saying? See, sometimes, because of who you are in Christ Jesus, sometimes you remind people of what they are not. So you got to understand that. So that, that, that's why we can have love and compassion, because I understand, you know what, it's not even me because I'm nothing without him. Can we say amen to that? So it's not even me. So you know what? If somebody's jealous of me or just mistreats me, I already know it's that spirit of Christ that's on the inside of me, and it's messing with you, you know? It's messing with you. It's reminding you, you know what? You need to get right, too, because truth be told, I used to be a hater. <laughs> truth be told, I would get around some Christians sometimes. They think they all that, man, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? So I understand. So Daniel has some haters, you know. Somebody say haters. haters. I just wanted to hear y'all say it. That's all. <laughs> so Daniel, <laughs> Daniel has some haters, and what they did, they said, you know what? We're going to try to find fault with him. We're going to check his lifestyle and all that, especially when it comes to this governing the territory. And guess what? They couldn't find any. Now, was Daniel perfect and without, you know, error? No, Daniel made mistakes too. But I want you to know something. When you submit your life to Christ, let me tell you something. When the devil comes looking, there is protection that Jesus will give you. Can we say amen to that? See, uh, see, but see, we got to know this. You know, we got to walk like this. You said something earlier. You said about being a king's kid, you know, being, you know, and yeah, see, I walk like that now. I walk like, you know what? God is my father. God is my father. I think about the Bill Gates and, you know, the uh, Donald Trumps and, uh, you know, whoever, whoever rich and famous you can think of. And I think about their children. Man, what kind of life do their children? I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine being the son of Bill Gates? Now, regardless of what you think about him politically and all that, but just because of his wealth and status. I mean, can you just imagine when he walks into a place and they know who he they they know who he is, you know, or she is. I don't know what who his kids are, you know what I'm saying? But but can you just imagine, you know, the the they understand, do you know who my father is? I can imagine just walking into a restaurant and they say there's no seating available. I can see, you know, uh, Donald Trump Jr. go, do, 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 look at this face. <laughs> do you know who I am? You know, do you know who my father is? You know, I can imagine somebody going, you know what? I think a table is opening up, you know. Well, guess what? If man can do that, how much more? How much more? I mean, listen, don't, don't shortchange your father. Can we say amen to that? So they had these haters, and so they said, you know, we're going to try to find fault with them, and they couldn't. 
So they said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to attack them or attack Daniel with his religious beliefs. You know, that's where we're going to come at him at. So, so what they did, these haters, they go up to the king and they say, listen, long live the king. And the king's like, yeah, yeah, I'm the man. Yeah, yeah, you know. And they say, you know what? We should come up with a law that for the next 30 days, if anybody is found worshiping anybody other than you, they should be thrown into a den of lions because you're the king. And the king goes, eh, that sounds pretty good to me. You know what I'm saying? I, I am the king. You know, I am the man. You know, so you know what? Yeah, let's do that. Let's make a law that if you worship any other, anybody else for the next 30 days other than me, you get thrown into a den of lions. So they said, okay. So here's the interesting thing about the Medes and the Persians in that time. When a law was put into place, it could not be undone. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't, I would have sung, but you. <laughs> yeah, and listen. Yeah, I need to stick to stick to preaching, you know. I don't <laughs> oh, he is not a psalmist, you know. Um, so, so the king puts the law into order, but now here's what happened. And that Daniel, uh, look, let's look at verse ten. Let's look at verse ten. So Daniel six ten. So they put the law into into effect, and it can't be changed. It can't be changed. Now, here's what happens. In verse 10, it says, Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, so here's the thing. He knew that a law was put in place that if you get caught praying, worshiping anybody other than the king, you get thrown into a lion's den. But let me show you what he did. It says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Let me tell you something. You're going to go up against him. The devil is going to come at you because he's going to see an excellent spirit in you. He's going to see that you have a relationship with God. And guess what he's going to try to do? He's going to try to stop you from being who you are. See, the Bible says that Daniel did what he had done aforetime. In other words, he did what he normally does. He prayed and worshiped his God. Amen. And I want you to know something, that when you have this relationship with God, what the devil is trying to do is get you away from that relationship. That's why he comes at you. He challenges you just like he challenged Daniel. Let's see if we can stop him from worshiping. You know that's what the devil wants you to do today? Let's see if I can stop them from worshiping. Let's see if I can stop them from praying. Let's see if I can stop them from going to church. You know, now I'm not beating you up. You know, you miss a Sunday from time to time, vacation or, you know, whatever. I get all that. But he's trying to do far more than that. He wants you to feel like, you know what, that Urbana church, I mean, it's okay. You know, they're nice, you know. But you don't have to go. 
You don't have to go. You know, matter of fact, just stay home. You know, you deserve a break today. Isn't that McDonald's? Didn't McDonald's used to say that years ago? You deserve a break today. The devil's trying to do that. You know what? You deserve a break today. Don't go. And then you don't go one Sunday. Then he's like, you know what? Eh, it was okay. You know, catch him on live stream, you know. And, and I'm not saying anything against live stream. But then he wants to create this pattern where you don't obey, give God your best, don't, you know, don't worship him, don't pray. You know what? You get so busy, you don't even have time to pray anymore. Maybe you were praying 15 minutes a day. Maybe you were praying an hour a day. But life gets so busy, life gets so challenging, you, don't, you, you, got, you got about a commercial break of time. You got about two minutes to get a prayer in, you know what I mean? And, and I'm not knocking anybody that does two minutes of prayer because maybe that's what your day allows. You, you do the best that you can. Can we say amen to that? You do your best, you know, and I don't know what your best is. You know, you might pray three hours a day, you know. I don't know, you know, but somebody with a house full of kids, they might say, I don't have three hours to do anything, you know. I, I, I'm so busy. So maybe they have 30 minutes or maybe they have five minutes. You just do what you can do. You do your best. You do everything as unto the Lord. Can we say amen to that? So Daniel says, I'm going to pray anyway. Matter of fact, he had the windows open. You know, he understood what the law was. And he said, but I'm not going to let that stop me from worshiping my God. You got to ask yourself this question. Do you have anything that stops you from worshiping your God? You know, and if you do, you need to deal with it. Can we say amen to that? You need to deal with it. Well, you know, but my job, or but you know, I, listen, God is number one. Are we all in agreement with that? Matter of fact, you know, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom and its righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. All these things will be added unto you. That's what the Bible says. So my order in life is to put him first. My wife said, you know, she told me the other day, she said, thank you for being a good husband. And I was like, <laughs> you know, all my manhood just left. You know, I was all, you know, all, you know. And I said, well, you know, but I had to think about it. She's able to say that because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. See, because I keep him first and I let him be the head of my life. So when he tells me, uh, go apologize to your wife. And I'm like, but I didn't do anything wrong. He said, well, what did I tell you to do? Well, but I don't understand. He said, your obedience doesn't require you to understand. You know, you just need to obey. And I'll give you the understanding. All you got to do is ask me for it. But don't sit there and stop what I tell you to do because you don't understand. I thought, yes, Lord. <laughs> you know? and, and so when he tells me to do these things, when he says, bless your wife. Well, Lord, this month the finances are kind of tight, Jesus, you know. Bless your wife. Yes, Lord. You know, and then I go and do it. And so she sees that, but she understands, you know what? That's the power of God at work in his life. And so now there's a trust that is formed because she sees that I'm going to be governed by what he says as opposed to what I think. Come on, this has set somebody free. And so now there's a trust 
And now she goes, well, I feel comfortable with following him because I really see that he follows Jesus. So you know what? I'm not going to rebel against him because he's following Jesus. So I'm going to follow him. I'm going to support him. I want to be a great wife. I want to be that virtuous woman because he's following Jesus. That's, yeah, that's an excellent spirit. Can we say amen to that? Okay, so let's keep going with this. So uh, uh, they see Daniel uh, 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 praying, and then they come in. They, they come in assembled, and they, they found him praying and going before God. Uh, 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 and, and, and when they, they came near, they, 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 they told the king, they said, now listen, remember, you have this law in place. And the king begin to feel bad because he goes, but this is the guy with the excellent spirit. So the king says, let me try to figure out a way to get Daniel up out of this. Now, you got to get this because of his excellent spirit. Somebody say excellent spirit. Because the king saw it. You know, the king was moved by that and said, I want to help him. Let me tell you something. When people see the power of Christ in you, it's going to move them. It's going to touch them. They may not say anything to you about it, but I'm telling you, they're going to see you as a believer, and it's going to touch them. There's people that you just being obedient to God, it's going to touch them, and they're going to want to bless you. Can we say amen to that? So <clears throat> the king tries to do it. He can't find uh, uh, any way out because the way the law worked is once you put a law into effect, it couldn't be revoked. So the king says, you know what? We just got to put him in the den. But here's what the king does. The king goes on a fast. Listen. See, you may be going through an attack, but if you keep your faith, here's what you will find. Not only will you survive that attack no problem, but other people around you will see you and the God in you, and guess what? They will get attracted, and the next thing you know, you got a heathen saying, how about we pray about it? You know, you got a heathen saying, you know, you going to that church that only believe in Urbana? Well, here's a, here's a couple of dollars. Put this in the church for me. They don't even go to church, and they're sitting there tithing, you know? You know, they don't even go to church, and they're sitting there praying. They may be an atheist and say, you know what? You pray all the time. You might have a coworker that say, you know what, you always praying during lunchtime, and, and I've laughed at you and poked fun at you, but you know what? I'm in a hopeless situation right now. Can you pray for me? I'm telling you, it happens. So, and here's, 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 here's Daniel in this situation. The king is like, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to fast. And the Bible says that he couldn't sleep all night, you know, so, uh, 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 so here's, here's Daniel in this situation, and then here's what happened. Let's look at verse, uh, let's look at verse 14. Verse 14, it says, then the king, when he heard these words, he was so displeased with himself, and he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him, and he labored to the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and the Persians is that no decree nor statute 
which the king established may be changed. Verse 16. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou serveth continually, he will deliver thee. Do you see how this man is speaking? Because of Daniel and his excellent spirit, and even because of the attack that came on Daniel. The Bible says this in Romans 8, 28, and we know all things work together for the good to those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. So in other words, I got to know. Somebody say, I got to know. That all things will work for my good. Unfair things, mistreatment, bad situations, storms, things I don't understand. All things. I got a guarantee. Somebody say guarantee. I got a guarantee from God that if I obey him, if I obey him, if I obey him, if he, if his purpose is more important than mine, then God guarantees me, no matter what happens to you, I'm going to work it for your good. How in the world could being thrown in a lion's den work for my good? Are you kidding me? You know, well, let's see what happens. I'm about to wrap this up. So in verse 17, it says, and a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Verse 18, then the king went into his palace, and he, he passed the night fasting. Whew. Neither was instruments or music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. He couldn't even sleep. Verse 19, then the king arose very early in the morning and went and hastened to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a, 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 a lamentable voice unto Daniel and spake. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Verse 21, then said Daniel, you got to get this. This man has been in a den of lions all night. And the king is outside. Daniel, are you all right? <laughs> Did you make it? <laughs> are you still here? The Bible says, then said, somebody say, then said Daniel. <laughs> wow. Unto the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angels and have shut the lion's mouths that they have not hurt me. For insomuch as before him innocently was found in me, innocence was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. I want you to know something. You're going to go through things. Come on, just say, I'm going to go through things. Jesus said it this way, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer, because I've overcome the world. So Jesus says, listen, you're going to go through stuff. Life is not going to always be fair. Bad things happen to good people. Things are going to come into your life that you're going to go, I didn't do anything to deserve this. And you would be right. But Jesus said this, be of good cheer. Wait a minute. What, so you mean to tell me that these misfortunes, these bad things that have happened to me, I'm supposed to be in good cheer about it? Jesus says, yes, 
because I have overcome the world. In other words, no matter how bad the treatment is, no matter how unfair it is, Jesus says, I'm greater. I'm greater. Your parents mistreated you. Maybe you lost some loved ones, you know, and it wasn't right. Kids have dishonored you. You, you've been on a job and you get passed over for promotion after promotion and you're the first one in and last one out. You know, listen, Jesus says that's tribulation. He acknowledges that. But he says, but be of good cheer because I'm greater than that. Don't you know that your God, I mean, that fast is able to change your whole life's dynamics. And you say, well, you know what? I've been through that and nothing has changed. Well, guess what? You're on your way to heaven. And if not, listen, at the end of the day, it's worth that, if nothing else, that we get to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. Can we say amen to that? Because the other option, the other one, Listen, mistreat me all you want all the days of my life on this earth because there's another life that's coming that's forever that will be worth it all. I don't care if none of my prayers get answered as long as I make it into heaven. It is fine with me. I don't care if I don't get the car, the boat, the house, the vacation package. I, don't respect me. Don't look up to me. Drive by me on a cold winter's day when I can use a ride and I'm walking. I don't care. If I make it there, it's all worth it. Can we say amen to that? My God, you believe, can you imagine you believe so much in God that lions become nice pillows and, and, and a throw to lay over you, you know, to keep you warm. I'm telling you, he can take the most tragic of situations and bless you out of it some kind of way. How? How, preacher, how, Pastor Rick, I don't know. I'm not God. You know, ask him, you know, because he'll do it. He's not a respecter of persons. Okay, let me wrap this up. So, uh, verse, uh, what was that? Okay, 23. Then was the king exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. I'm just telling you what a spirit of excellence will do. It will come. Listen, the storm will come, you know, but man, when the dust settles and the smoke clears, you know, you're still standing there. Now, he had no manner of hurt. But even guess what? I, I was, uh, uh, a friend of mine called me yesterday, and they were talking about a real bad situation, and they said, I'm trying to get victory. I said, what do you think victory looks like? And they said, well, what do you mean? I said, you, and listen, God can do it to where there's no hurt, harm. You know, he can do it that way. But if you get a scar, so what? I said, have you ever seen a Rocky movie? Anybody ever, hear, ever see a Rocky movie? How does he look when the fight is over with? I mean, he don't even look like the same guy. 
eye, you know? I mean, they didn't cut his eye. He looking at the top of his eye, you know, with the eyelid closed, you know, face over here, chin over here, you know? But guess what? He raises his arms in victory. Victory doesn't always look like how we think it will look. Sometimes we do get scars. I just want the victory. Can we say amen to that? Okay, wrapping this up. Uh, verse 24. Oh, here we go. And the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. Do you understand that this is why we pray for our enemies? This is why we bless those that do us wrong. Because God says this, vengeance is mine. And I'm going to tell you something. When he, when he goes and gets vengeance, let me tell you something. That's far more than anything that I could ever do to you. Now, look at what happened to these people. So Daniel had a spirit of excellence. These people did not. Look at what it caused. It caused them to not only be thrown into the den of lions, but their wives and their children. I can just imagine, you know, if it was my wife, my wife would be like, hey, I didn't do anything. Rick did that, you know. Don't take me, you know. I can imagine my kids, daddy, daddy, why are they taking us? You know, what did we do? You got to know something. The choices that you make, the decisions that you make, whether for the good or opposite, they can have a profound effect on your family. So you got to know that. You know, well, it's not just I'm in this world, I'll do whatever I want to do. No. You affect people. You affect me, I affect you. So these men, because of their hatred, because of their rebellion against God, it got them thrown into a den of lions and their wives and their children. And when you read the rest of that scripture, here's what it says. It's saying that they were taken, <laughs> excuse me, that they were taken, thrown into the den of lions. And what the Bible is saying is before their bodies could touch the ground, the lions caught them in the air and snapped them apart. When you study that, that's what that's saying. I mean, they didn't even hit the floor. I mean, didn't even get dirt. The blind said, no, we don't want our food dirty. We want it clean, fresh, you know. And that's what happened to them. And then as a result of that, in verse 26, it says this. This is the king. I make a decree that every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. Look at what the king is saying. We're all going to serve, respect, and honor Daniel's God. Imagine being used like that to where the people that mistreated you say, you know what, can I go to church with you? Can I go to your church? Can I, can, can I pray with you? Can, you, can you? can I do Bible study with you? The very people that you just knew, man, they hate me. All of a sudden, um, can I go to church? Or you having the boldness to say, would you like to go to church with me? The very person that you just know they're going to give you a no, or maybe they've given you a no a hundred times. And then one day you just, you know what, I got a spirit of excellence with me, and I'm just going to throw it out there and see what happens. You know, God, if I'm wrong, stop me. But if I'm right, open all the doors, and he flings them all open. 
And you walk in, ah, would you go to church with me? And they go, you know, no one's ever asked me that. Let me think about it. Well, I'll come pick you up. Matter of fact, you know, if it's okay, afterwards we might grab a bite to eat, you know. People won't turn down food. You know, why you think, you know, all of you married people, you know, before you were married, you was going out on dates and, you know, and you was going to get something to eat, you know. So, it says here, and steadfast forever in his kingdom that which should not be destroyed and his dominion shall, shall uh, be ever unto the end. Verse 28, so this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius. So through all of this, Daniel prospered. Daniel prospered. See, we want the last verse, but we don't want to go through the den of lion part. We don't want to go through the accusation part. We just want the blessing. Let me tell you something. Your blessing is on the other side of that trial, that temptation. As long as you have faith in God, God is not a respecter of persons, and what he did for Daniel, he'll do for you. But we try to avoid the walk of faith. We want to try to get around it. You know, my wife said to me, and I'm done. My wife said to me, uh, you know, honey, you know, because of preaching, you know, you don't work as much as you do. We were bivocational, you know. We, we pastor full-time and work full-time. And she said, maybe I should get another job. Maybe I should work two jobs. And I said, well, you could do that, or we could just pray and use our faith. And I'm not against anybody working two jobs. I'm just telling you that's what my response was to her. I'm going, I don't want you working two jobs. You know, I, I like seeing you. You know, I like being around you, you know. Yeah, we fight every now and then, but, you know, then we get past that, you know. And you adults understand that, you know. <laughs> so I said, I said, no, how about we just pray? And so we took our hands and we prayed. We prayed. And the next day, the next day, I mean, somebody say the next day. <laughs> the next day, we get a phone call. Someone, they said, hey, uh, we've been discussing some things, and here's what we would like to do. We would like to pay you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hallelujah. <laughs> I want you to know something. That time in prayer, Leron and I was talking about this. That time in prayer, if you notice Jesus, he would always spend a lot of time in prayer. He would go away in prayer. But you ever notice he spent all this time praying, but whenever he faced the devil, that was real quick. So whenever he faced sickness, he prayed, sickness be gone. You know, he cast out devils. That, I mean, he spent all this time in prayer, but whenever he faced the devil, it was quick. You know, I'm telling you, if we spend more time in prayer, that whenever the devil shows his ugly head, your battle with him can be quick. So we spend the time in prayer, the extended time in prayer, 
whatever that means for you. Spend that extended time in prayer so when you see the devil, he wants no part of you. I mean, he just, he wants to flee. Get me out of here. Can we go into those pigs? Can we do something? Get me out of here. So you are those people. You are people with an excellent spirit. If you're born again, you have an excellent spirit. I'm done. Anybody in here not sure? And I'm not, I'm not embarrassing you. This is a great moment. Anybody in here not sure that if you were to die today, you're not sure of where you would go? You're not sure if you would go to heaven or not? You want to go, and maybe you go, man, I, I might, but you know what? I'm not 100% sure. I'm not embarrassing you. We just want to give you an opportunity to be sure. Really, that's simple. So I know it seems embarrassing, but it's not. <coughs> Excuse me, the devil don't want me talking about that. <laughs> Church people, everything's the devil, you know. <laughs> but if that's you, just kind of lift your hand up. Nothing to be embarrassed about. This moment could decide if heaven or hell is your final destination. So if that's you and you say, you know what, I just want to be sure. We're not saying that you're horrible people or anything like that. It's just, you know what, I want to be sure that heaven is my home. You say, well, if I raise my hand, what's going to happen? I'm just going to pray. That's it. You know, so I'll ask, is anyone in here not sure if heaven would be their final destination? Anybody? How many people would have a problem praying that prayer right now? Is it okay if we just prayed as a, as a, as a yeah? So I'm not going to fool you or trick you. This prayer is to say, hey, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are who you say you are, that you died, you came back, and I want to give my life to you. That's what I want to do. So if you want to pray that prayer, and once you pray that prayer and you mean it, it means you are a child of God. It means you don't live for you, you live for him. So if you don't want to do that, then don't. You say, you would say such a thing? Yes. I want you to count up the cost. I want you to know what you're doing. This is not bait and switch. You know, I want you to know I'm giving my life to Christ which means I believe in him, which means I'm going to work toward living for him and not for me. So I want you to know what you're getting into. So if you would, just repeat after me. Say, Father, I accept you. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. As he has died for me, I now live for him. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for saving me. Thank you that I am now your child. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I just pronounce blessing over everyone here today. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, 
that that spirit of excellence is just coming alive in them. God, I thank you that they think differently about themselves. They don't mistreat themselves, beat themselves up, think down about themselves. They don't even focus on their failures anymore because they just prayed a prayer that asked for forgiveness. So they have been given just that. All downfalls, all sin has been forgiven. God sees them as someone that has never sinned before because they asked for forgiveness and he gave, you gave it to them. So I thank you, Father, we walk with that understanding. I thank you, Father, we understand if I fall short later on today, I can ask for forgiveness and God will forgive me. I don't have to keep living in the past. I've been saved, delivered, and set free from that. And God, I thank you that they understand this is a process. So we don't always get everything right the first time. But you don't quit on us, so we're not going to quit on ourselves. I thank you, Father, that you're teaching us how to love people and how to love ourselves. Now, I decree this blessing over them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand praise today. Hallelujah. I'm done. I'm done. I got, I got to get down now or I'll preach another sermon. So, you know. <laughs> hey, we're here all the time. We're good. All right. Well, thank you, brother.